welcome to South Asia Chat, a podcast series brought to you by the Institute of South Asian Studies at the National University of Singapore. I'm your host, Nithya Subramanian, an editor at the Institute. We would like to warmly welcome all of you, dear listeners, to our 101st episode, which will discuss the latest developments in the Lakshadweep Islands. The administration there has recently announced a slew of measures, including developing ecotourism in the archipelago. To tell us more on these proposals, we have with us Mr. Shakti Sinha, a non-resident senior fellow at ISAS. He is also honorary director of two other institutes, the Delhi School of Public Policy and Governance, as well as the Atal Bihari Vajpayee Institute of Policy Research and International Studies in India. A former civil servant, he has been associated with island development, and we look forward to his comments in this podcast. Thank you for joining us, Mr. Sinha, and welcome to our hundred and first episode of South Asia Chat. Thank you, Anita, and good to see you celebrate a century. So let's start the new century with talking about the Lakshadweep. Yes. Um, I'd first, of course, start by asking you about the latest regulations announced by Mr. Prafull Khoda Patel, Lakshwadeep's new administrator. Could you please share your views on these regulations? Thank you. One, of course, these regulations are draft regulations. In which case, it has not yet come into effect. The but the process in the Union territories is what Lakshwadeep is. Is that we don't have legislations because there's no legislature. We have regulations which have the same effect on law. So draft is prepared and sent to government of India, where the Home Minister looks at it, gets cabinet approval on it, and then goes to the president to become a law. The same process is followed. It goes through, of course, the public consultation before that. So there are four four regulations actually, which are much in the news. One is the Lakshadweep Prevention of Anti-Social. Activities regulation. Again, I'll say it's a draft regulation. It basically is a preventive detention law for people identified and defined: bootleggers, dangerous persons, drug offenders, immoral traffic offenders, property grabbers, cyber offenders, money lending offenders, cruel persons, depredation of the environment, and sexual offenders. All these terms are defined. There is no new crime being brought into it. It's basically to prevent these people, as defined, carrying out any anti-social or dangerous activities, which are prejudicial to the maintenance of public order. Now, if you look at it straight away, okay, preventive detention while catching people if they're not convicted by law. Of course, this lays down some processes for it. The fact is, the first law enacted by India after independence, and this was done by the interim parliament, which was the Constituent Assembly, so not even fully elected body. Was the preventive detention law of 1950 within a month and a half of the constitution? All states, besides the national laws, all states are preventive detention laws. So this is in line with that. It has safeguards that when you arrest a person, detain a person, not arrest, it's a detention. You have to give a notice within one week of why that person has been detained. Then this has to go within three weeks to an advisory body. It's chaired by a person who is or has been a high court judge, and two members who have or are capable of becoming high court judges. They need not have been, but who could become. They look at it, and within four weeks they give their advice. Though the word is advice, it is binding on them. If it says release, release. If it says detain, detain, and this can happen for one year. 
Now, many charges are raised. Lakshadweep is a very low crime area. Why are you doing that? Valid points and must be examined. Uh, one, of course, that yes, it's generally a low crime area, but a lot of crime is underreported because there are very strong boss committees in every island. So any disputes, including small petty crimes, are sorted out by the mosque, mosque committee. So therefore, they don't get reported. Second is Lakshadweep is on the high seas. We have instances in the past of Somalian pirates coming quite close to it. A few months ago, many kilos of heroin and arms and ammunition were recovered from an island there. So it's not a routine thing. Probably they'll want to use it far more than once or twice maybe in a year. That itself will be very high, I think, much lower. If you dislike prevented retention, I agree with the contention. But it is in line with what is done in all parts of India. So in that sense, it's nothing new. The electricity prevention. It is called the Gundak in popular language. Kerala has, in fact, this electricity regulation is a carbon copy of the Kerala regulation passed when the CPM was in power. Tamil Nadu has exactly the legislation, some words missing here and there, so does Karnataka. So, this is standard law which has come into practice. Earlier, prevented detention was only for terrorism and that kind of activities. Now, it has encompassed a whole lot. But as I said, it is on that. The second very contentious regulation, and this I can imagine why it is contentious, is the proposed Lakshadweep Animal Preservation Regulation. It basically bans the slaughter of cows, calves, bulls. That we have, these are animals we have to preserve, milch, and other purposes. We can't have them slaughtered. Other animals can be slaughtered. One. Second, the other provisions which nobody can disagree with: the slaughter can only take place in a slaughterhouse, duly defined with people who are duly certified to do that. I don't think anybody can crib with that. Now, Lakshadweep has very few cows of its own. Uh, there are two in the islands, archipelago of 65,000, 250 people who own cows, and only two of them have more than four cows. Government itself has two demonstration farms which are trying to close dairy farms. They have 60 cows and 20 employees. Governments all over India set up this. Now they realize that people donate government's help. In any case, beef is not a cow area. Milk is not a very easy thing. But yes, beef does become an issue. Uh, till now, the practice is that beef, they really don't have it as not many cows. They import aged cows from Kerala by ship and slaughter them here and there. So one, of course, that becomes now stopped. Now, it is partly yes, no, in the sense of good and bad, in the sense that Defined slaughterhouses and proper processes nobody can object to. What will be contentious and go to courts definitely is the ban on transportation of beef. In other words, slaughtering beef has been up, ban on slaughter of beef has been upheld by government of, by courts in since 1950s. Most Indian states, barring Kerala, Goa, Bengal, and a few in the northeast, have banned cow slaughter in the 1950s itself. Some tightened the regulations like Maharashtra recently, where they banned the movement. That was struck down by the Bombay High Court. It has gone to the Supreme Court. So in other words, this ban, the ban itself may be upheld by the courts. I'm doubtful whether the transportation, because consumption of beef is legal in Lakshadi. Even if when this regulation becomes law, this draft regulation, consumption of beef is not banned. So that remains there. So there are other questions which we can discuss as we go along, some other controversies. The third is, uh, again, I think uh, really should not have been very controversial. 
is the Lakshadweep Development Authority recognition, which basically seeks to create planning and development authorities to deal with bad layouts or obsolete development. There's a process behind it. They'll set up a committee. Town, the chairman will be a chairman, government appointed, town planning officer, three experts, again, appointed by the government, and two people from the local authorities, elected bodies, the panchayats. They'll prepare land use plans, zoning, provide for public infrastructure, etc. And they have defined development as buildings. And this they have copied from laws elsewhere in the country. It talks about the hills. There are no hills in Lakshadweep, small, really islands. So what is Lakshadweep? 32 islands, 11 inhabited, I think uh, 30 square kilometers or 40 square kilometers in all. So there's no island bigger than four or five square kilometers. So the, but they're very densely populated with population density. This is a rural area. There are no towns. Is more than 2,100 persons per square kilometer. They are congested, very congested. It has things like esoteric term for Lakshadweep, zoning, second transfer of development rights. And they said this is fueled by real estate and land sharks will come and throw people out, the land will be grabbed and you have not defined what is bad layout. Some I can understand. Fact is transfer of development rights is standard town planning practice the world over. If on a plot of land, I can build up to say X and I build less than, less than X. Supposing my FAR, the floor area ratio, that is how much I can build to land area is 300. Fargan said. I build 150. 150 I can use elsewhere where I may not be have some. So transfer development is standard term. It has nothing to do with the big land sharks coming in. In any case, Lakshadweep is so small, I cannot see land sharks going there to do anything. There is no scope for it at all. Zoning can be problematic in a small area, but it's a very fragile and some amount of regulated development. And as far as acquisition of land for public infrastructure, we already have laws in the country that provide for it. Eminent domain, this concept is a legal concept in all English-speaking countries and others where the authority government can acquire but has to pay just compensation. That is not defined here, not required. Separate law is already there, upheld by parliament, upheld by sorry, courts, and good compensation. So that should not, that fear should not be there. Yes, it could mean bureaucratization of development. There are issues there, no doubt about it. There are issues there. And, but people have overstated it. And the last regulation, again, is the panchayat regulation. It basically says that people with more than two children cannot fight elections. But it one. But this will ban will come into application one year after the law. In other words, those who already have two children are allowed. Those who have Less than that, one today, up to one year is okay. Then they, so beyond two, they cannot go, but will come into it only after one year. But this law is there similar, and I'm not a great fan of such laws. It is there in at least 10 other Indian states, and up to the Supreme Court, they have upheld it for population control basis. This is a necessary measure. Lakshadweep, as I said, is very densely populated, which is why even outsiders can't settle there. But this law has another thing which nobody is talking about. 50% reservation for women at panchayats, which is really high. Some states like Bihar have it, no other state, very few states have it. So it has its many good qualities, but in the controversy created, many things pass for facts which are not true. And yes, as I said, there are parts of these four 
draft laws that has to be looked into, which is why it is pending with the government of India for the last three months. They haven't decided on it yet. That was in short picture. Thank you for that summary, Mr. Sinha, and we'll come back to um, more questions on that part. But, uh, you know, moving to something that is um, quite rather interesting is the development of ecotourism in the islands and uh, the move to boost tourism and develop it like the Maldives. We are every day read, reading about Maldives and the environmental disaster that could unfold there, uh, given uh, problems related to climate change, etc. Um, but but even uh, so, firstly, why this move to develop tourism in a, such a fragile ecosystem? And also, how do you think the administration is dealing with the concerns and the opposition from locals and environmentalists? Uh, one, uh, right now, Lakshadweep has one resort island, Mangaram. It's an uninhabited island. They followed the, the Maldives model right in the 70s when they started it. There's very few employment opportunities in the islands. Fishing is there, but only so many people can fish and there's only so much fish available. The biggest employment in the islands is working for the government. Therefore, there is the need to create more employment opportunities. You can follow the Maldives up to a point, but island resorts all over the world are there. You can build in measures. Now, luxury possibly doesn't face the same amount because it's slightly raised. Maldives is always at sea level. So Maldives will face the problem of submergence irrespective of the tourist development. They're trying to do technologically by putting in batteries and all that. I don't know how it works. Obviously, Lakshadweep has to be very careful with it. But creating a few tourist resorts, I think they're looking at four or five in uninhabited islands. I think one should give it a fair chance, provided you put in the proper shape. That's what I said. It's not that this is a unalloyed good or unalloyed bad. There are good parts to it. You do require employment generation. You do require, I mean, Indian schools spend a lot of money in Maldives and they go all over. Let them go to another part of the country, which is equally good. Why don't you go there and spend time there? So I think there are pros and cons to it. I'm not personally against tourist development, but I understand and I agree completely that in fragile areas, you must take absolute due care, learning from others, raise your standards. That is a point of concern, but not something you should detect. So we'll, we'll now come back to the question of the regulations, the draft, draft regulations that you spoke about. Um, we've also read about opposition from, you know, the BJP within the BJP itself and also from adjoining Kerala. And of course, Mr. Patel has been accused of being non-consultative. That seems to be his, his style of functioning. Do you see any impact of these measures, including a possible fallout for the BJP? No, I think, you know, the, the one, of course, the uh, luxury BJP is very, very small. Obviously, the local populace is all Muslims, it's all Muslim members, and some have resigned, which is not unexpected, because once tensions are high, then obviously they find it difficult to do so. Kerala's involvement is more this thing, because initially this movement, anti-luxury regulations were started in Kerala by a couple of Islamic parties who were local groups. They took it up first as a challenge to Islam. And... In fact, two issues I did not mention. One, of course, is the fact that uh, on one hand, they say you are threatening alcohol, but the BJP agenda is also to have more alcohol available in the island, and I can explain that also. So Kerala parties have jumped in a very, very big way. Even though, as I mentioned, the so-called Gunda Act has been copied from Kerala itself. 
But your larger question is a very philosophical question and a very relevant question. The Union Territories without legislature was set up in the early 50s. And there is, in that sense, some kind of democratic deficit in these territories. There were people then thought and probably still believe there's a sensitive areas for which the central governments have taken extra interest in it. So on one hand, Lakshadi precedes per capita basis the highest money in the country. There is practically more resources and yet the quality of life, including government employment, is very, very high. Government does that. They do have a consultative process sent at that panchayats, and these laws were put out in the public and received uh, comments were received. In fact, the land regulation, which is very controversial, in the process of developing the regulation, they had received more than 800 public suggestions. In a population of 65,000, I think 800 is quite a bit of consultation in that sense. So people who have written submissions. So, but this formal process of consultation in a legislature is a problematic subject. But I don't think so any political party in India, once in power, has ever managed to really satisfactorily sort it out because they do feel a special concern for the duties, whether it's Andamans, whether it's Lakshadvi, Dadanagar Haveli, and even the case of an elected body like in Delhi being a national capital, there are issues of governance arrangements and consultation, which I've not settled yet, and that controversy, I think, will carry on. You just mentioned that there is a, Lakshadweep has a predominantly Muslim population, and therefore there is also this talk or this conversation that this these moves or these reforms are uh, pushing BJP's Hindutva agenda, especially the ban of uh, of B for the removal of meat from students' meals. How do you think it would impact the Muslim population there? How have they taken into these proposed measures and? Um, given the fact that Lakshmadeep is very close to the Maldives and we are seeing a growing fundamental uh, fundamentalism in Maldives, do you see any fallout there? Uh, you know, one, of course, yes, the beef, beef ban is likely to be controversial, no doubt about it, but let me correct you. There is no ban on non-vegetarian midday meals in school. In fact, they're adding now fish to the menu because fish is available. So fish and eggs will be served in school midday meals. This is not turning Lakshadweep into a vegetarian paradise. No, it's not so at all. So all the reports say meat has been packed. There's no such. I've checked up everywhere. There's no such thing. In fact, as I said, they're adding fish to it. But beef they're taking away. That is true. So that is definitely there. Now, on the other hand, if it was the Hindutva agenda, before I come to your next question of Maldives, Hindutva agenda, the fact is they have also been accused of opening liquor stores. And what they've actually proposed is that in the resorts, liquor will be available to the guests staying there, which is true in Muslim societies, Maldives. In fact, in the United Arab Emirates or Oman, alcohol is openly sold. UAE is an Emirate, it is openly sold. But people in political things do mix up beliefs and biases with suspicions. So I'm not saying that they are wrong, but these are not factual. Now, the Lakshadweep group of islands is actually three groups of islands. The Lakadiv, the Amindiv, and the Minikoi. The Lakadiv and Amindiv speak basically a variation of Malayalam, local language, necessary, variation of Malayalam, mutually understandable. The Minikoi people, and Minikoi is close to Maldives. In fact, Minikoi, in that sense, belongs to the Maldives archipelago, but is part of India. They speak Divehi, which is the language of Maldives, locally known as Bahar, but it is Divehi only. 
they speak that there is interaction jackson polders as you know in recent year has the highest number of foreign jihadis per on a say per 100 basis largest number in the world could this infect the minicoy islands a bit possibly but if you look at the way these societies are structured they all were they are all very very material societies very very bad and now that because of historical links have been suddenly weakened earlier there was regular movement of boats and people between maldives and uh, minicoy obviously now that is gone now minicoy looks to mainland india so in that sense uh, the jihadi influence would be there even at the while in fact kerala's like in india of all the states in india the ones that produce maximum of jihadis have gone to isis and other as kerala so kerala is a very liberal open society so the link between such measures and jihadism is possibly very difficult to define but yes the government will have to be definitely alert to the fact that this trend could affect one more difference of course is that uh, the predominant employment in maldives other than tourism tourism is not very great actually is shipping and indian and maldivian sailors will find in ships all over the world so these sailors have lot of them have gone to the gulf and got exposed to radical islamic ideologies which they brought back to the maldives which is not true in the case of the lakshadweep islands so yes you should be careful don't pull it out but no it's not automatic that the fundamentalism of uh, maldives would creep into minicoy especially um finally i would also like to talk about the security aspect of the lakshadweeps islands um we know that it lies in the sea lines of communication in the arabian sea and the indian ocean and we've also seen china's growing from uh, prominence in the indian ocean ring so how important is this union territory to india strategically to india and what are the some of the measures that the indian government is taking in this respect i uh, absolutely good question it is very much relevant in the indian security system one as you said it's just on the main shipping lines and till 10 years ago somali pirates could be seen fairly close to the islands you know if you look at the map you know further the map doesn't explain how close it is so the fair good access was there government of india i think 10 years ago stepped up its police presence especially marine boats marine patrolling on a local level to keep track of all these movements second is that the the southern uh, the command the naval command at uh, the naval situation at cochin is next door barely 200 kilometers or so away and that from there the patrolling is done and now we do a fair amount of aerial patrolling also by the uh, naval uh, surveillance aircraft so i so i think it is the largest system of security of the entire indian western coast particularly for the small islands that these islands are they are very small and fairly easy in that you really can't guard islands by putting people on the beach that really doesn't work out so therefore a very good intelligence network and link with the arab countries which we have now that is required and strengthened presence in not just in the in the actually but in maldives across the sign in seychelles in singapore and sorry colombo sri lanka for which we had now agreements on intelligence sharing we have supplied data to them So it's a part of overall package of the defense of India's western coast. Thank you, Mr. Sinha, for joining us today. Um, it was wonderful to have you at South Asia Chat. Thank you, Nita. Pleasure to talk to you. You were listening to South Asia Chat. 
To learn more about our work, visit us at isas.nus.edu.sg. Also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Thank you. Thank you.